Welcome to another edition of Sunday Stories, where we tell the stories of the people who make North Church Guthrie such a special place to be. I'm your host, Corey White, and I'm joined by our guest this week, Mike Zerden. Mike, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, let me ask you first uh, question I ask most people. How'd you get involved with North Church Guthrie? Um, we moved to Guthrie. Tracy actually worked for Hetty at the chamber for a bit of time, and we got to know him. And at the at that time, we were living way out east of Guthrie. And so as soon as we moved back, you know, we, we knew we'd we just joined North Church. We knew a handful of folks there, and it was a relationship that brought us in. And Tracy would be your wife. Yep, Tracy, my wife of yeah. 30 years. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to, to your relationship uh, later in the podcast. But what do, you, what do you do specifically for North Church Guthrie? You know, um, kind of whatever needs to be done. We're on the host team now, so we wave at people in the parking lot at the present time. We've helped set up and tear down in the past, but... You know, that's kind of been dialed in to the point where we're not really needed in that in that role. Yeah, I mean, you've been here since the beginning, since it was essentially since it was pretty close to when it was Pretty planted. close, yeah. pretty close, probably a year after. What, what, what are some of the challenges you've seen from planting a church? Oh, I, I, I don't know exactly. I think there's a lot of them, primarily just getting people to talk to each other. Yeah, I think it's it's relationship that brought us there, and it's relationship that keeps us there. It's just, uh, you know, how do we get the word out, and how do we we connect with the community in meaningful ways, and when people show up, that they feel loved. So, and we do a great job. It's just I think that's the normal challenge of of building bridges into the community. Yeah. Do you, what is it about the relationships that keeps you coming back to to North Church Guthrie? I think that, you know, for me, it's authenticity is probably the primary driver of a relationship. And I think people are vulnerable and honest and authentic, and um, that allows trust to be built. And and not to mention, they're just accommodating, accepting, and loving. So we've gone through a lot, and our friends at church have always been there. And and they just really exemplify God's love for us. Well, you you talked a little bit about uh, your wife, Tracy. Yep. You said you've been married 30 years? Yeah, we have. June 2nd of 1990, so that's 30 years this year. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's, it's, we're as surprised as anybody. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Well, I, I know Tracy well. I love her. And uh, tell me a little bit about her. About Tracy. Oh, man, she's a gem. I think she's God's perfect provision for me. And you know, her faith is beautiful. That's probably the, the biggest thing is she's a pretty person, but her her soul is just beautiful. You know, she's got strong developer characteristics, which when, you know, carried to extreme pose challenges, but she wants the best for people and she's going to work hard. She's dedicated to the people she loves. How did you all end up in Guthrie? Tell me uh, how that evolved. Oh, man, that's that's a really deep story. Because um, you, you met in college, correct? Oh, how did Tracy and I end up here? Yeah, yeah just tell me about that. So story. Tracy and I actually dated. Um, we, we went to high school together, but we never dated. You know, she was a believer and I wasn't. And she can probably tell that story a little better than I, I would. I, I was not worthy of Tracy during my high school years. I came to faith as a freshman in college and... um mutual friends just encouraged us to hang out and we did and the funny part was is that I just told her that 
I told some friends, I'm just looking to hang out. I didn't know how to date a woman properly. You know, it just, uh, once I became a believer and so I'm just looking to hang out with a girl and just talk and get to know her with no intention of dating per se. And anyway, three years later we were married. So it was awesome. Anyway, I, we moved to Oklahoma in 1995-96 I came down to Oklahoma to go to a football game watch OU play CU and CU won and I left with of, of course they did yeah, of course right. they did we're, we, Mike and I are both Colorado alums so we are yeah. we have that in common and we share those the ups and downs of that fun <laughs> mostly down well, yeah mostly downs but it was good in the 90s yeah early 90s so anyway how did we get to Guthrie we settled in Edmond we thought we were going to head back to Denver every year and finally we just fell in love with Oklahoma and we're here so um getting go ahead oh no and that was from a football game yeah in 1995 we had we knew two people in the state of Oklahoma and we they had moved here for work and he's actually the guy that led me to, to Jesus um Tracy's godparents high school youth leaders they came down to Oklahoma to do ministry work and we just came down to hang with him and watch the football game. And I left with a job offer. So it was truly providential. It was amazing the way it all worked out. Yeah. What was the uh, what was the job offer? My job? Yeah. Um, my uh, underwriter. I was a financial underwriter. So. Okay. And you were living at that time you moved to the city or you moved to Guthrie? We moved to Oklahoma City. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd the, you end up? Well, go on. Uh, the village. Okay. Village. How'd you end up in from Oklahoma City to Guthrie? Well, that's that's a bit of a longer story. We had our oldest son had has he just has some challenges, and um, we were ready for a change. And we had a house in Edmond at that t- by that time we had a house in Edmond, and um, gosh, he had to go to a therapeutic facility for like eighteen months. And I told Tracy, let's just do something we wouldn't normally do. So I thought we were gonna sell our house and live in a loft downtown Oklahoma City, kind of a cool, fun thing to do. Um, and we ended up living in a loft in downtown Guthrie. So it was amazing. We Somehow we toured up here. Trace and I came to a, a parade up here. And we thought, this is a cool town. Didn't know a thing about it. Kind of fell in love with Guthrie. Moved here. And and it was just amazing. So, mm-hmm. Well, you do have uh, have, have two sons. Uh, yeah. Both of them are, are adopted. Yeah. Um, tell me about that. What, what caused you and Tracy to decide to, to adopt your sons? Well, you know, somebody said something years and years ago, like 20 years ago, that adoption is typically second choice, but it's not second best. Meaning, I don't think anybody ever gets married saying, I'm not going to have biological children. I'm just exclusively going to adopt. And so Tracy went through some significant health challenges. That's a neat part of her story. You know, she wondered if she could ever love an adopted child, um, like a child she may have carried right and the lord really just showed her through i think it was ephesians 1 where it says we're all adopted into god's family and she just said man god adopted me and so we just opened up our hearts and tracy had some significant health challenges that precluded us from having children naturally so we just went the adoption route so what what's that process like the adoption process uh you know you Maybe do you identify a child you would like when you go in? Do you kind of have an idea of, of the type of child that you're looking for? Or is it all just a, a complete surprise? So that's probably, the, in my experience, that was the toughest part of adoption is you have to 
to list your criteria. So it's different for every type of adoption, I think. You know, with a, a state DHS type adoption, I'm sure that a lot of foster placements lead, lead to adoption or you've got to meet the children and essentially pick one, which that would be horrible um, for me. So it's kind of like picking a puppy. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And it's like, you know, it'd be heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, guilt. I guess kind of survivor's guilt or something because you're, you're helping this child and there's yeah. so many more who are, who right. need your help as well or need that love and family. Exactly. And so that was the hardest part. So, you know, when you have a child naturally, if the child's born with challenges such as that's just, for example, down syndrome, um, it just works out or, or, a a fatal disease or something, right? The child's born and, and you have to walk that road. You don't have a choice, but, in adoption, the hardest part for me was checking a list. Would you take a child with that's HIV positive? Would you take a child with substance abuse issues or whatever? And you just feel I felt guilty saying no. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're you know you're 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 saying like I, I you want because you're you're putting those uh, complexity into your life, right? And it's difficult not to say no. Yeah. More difficult to, you know, but you have to. Exactly. Have to well, you got to do what your conscience allows you to do, right? But even just it revealed that I was pretty selective, you know, I want a, a white child on the first go around. So I think your question was the process for us was we just fill out that application, which is super duper hard. And the first go around, we just wanted the straightforward, a child that was as much like ours as possible. And we went through Deaconess Agency, and we submit a profile, and the, actually the young woman chooses us or chooses the adoptive parent. So um, that's really how that works. So it's the inverse of kind of a DHS type of placement. This is via the, the you said Deaconess? Yeah, Deaconess. It okay. used to be related to the hospital, but it's Deaconess uh, Pregnancy and Adoption Center. Okay. Well, did you adopt in your oldest is Isaac right uh youngest is Jake did you adopt them at the same time no so they're four years apart and we were actually present for Isaac's uh birth and uh like I said we just submit a book and a young woman chose us and we were just elated and so we were there four years later we went through the same wrestling of should we have another child again it's a decision right it'd just be a lot easier if it just kind of happened <laughs> naturally but yeah Anyway, so we did, but the second go around by that time, we were a little more experienced and we just, the, the, the grid was essentially wide open. So, you know, if you met Jake, he's black, half black or something, whatever you want to call it. But he, um, we didn't check any racial boxes and we were wide open. And so God brought us Jake four years later. What are the, what are the challenges of, of raising children who aren't your own? I don't know that, you know, we really haven't had any challenges. I mean, what really helped me is I have a buddy um, who actually helped us financially with Isaac's adoption, our oldest son. He's just a dear friend, business partner to this day. But he um, he was adopted, and then his he had a mentor that was adopted. And he told me the same thing. He, he, he said, uh, I have a biological child, and I have an adopted child. And I just want you to know that I don't love them any different, and either does this other fellow that had the same thing. So we don't really, some people have challenges, you know, children want to know about their past, but we really haven't had those sorts of challenges. Isaac um, maintains a degree of contact with his biological mother, 
And that wasn't a big deal. You know, um, Jake doesn't know either of his adopt his biological parents. So, well, I, I won't, yeah, I'll ask you a little more about Jake cause he's in, in the church he serves. Uh, you know, tell me about him. He's, uh, just such a special young man. He's really unique. You know, he's a typical teenager, you know, it's just a lot of work to, to raise him and keep him going in the right path. But they're at the age now where we can only model what's good. But yeah, Jake's, Jake's uniquely gifted. Um, he's got a ton of charisma and for all of our children, you know, I mean, we all just say, you know, we hope they use their superpowers for good, not evil. Right. And <laughs> same thing with me. So he's a very charismatic, very talented, naturally athletic person. So, and he's, he's kind of bounced around very successful as a young man, as a, uh, you know, in high school in baseball. But yeah. he's kind of moved more to uh, to rodeo now. Loves the rodeo and cowboy scene, and uh, just absolutely loves it. I think it just feeds his soul. He's always been—I've always observed—he's a, a a really good athlete, um, extra special athlete, and I just think that he just enjoys the the time on a horse more than he enjoys playing team sports. Is that? Interesting for you. Growing up in Colorado, you go to, or I don't, did you grow up in Colorado? Yeah, for the I, most part. Okay. Michigan. I was a city kid. I, I grew up in Michigan and then moved to Colorado when I was 13. Okay. What part of Colorado did you grow up in? Right outside of Boulder. Okay. Okay. So you, you went to, and then you end up in, in, in going to Colorado Boulder. Yeah. So like, as you, as you say, you're a city. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're in Guthrie and you have a son who's in, big in the rodeo circuits and you know, it, yeah. that, it kind of switched for you. Oh yeah, man. It was crazy. So we had a degree of intentionality there. I think, um, we had this typical suburban home in Edmond and I always, Trace and I always daydreamed about having a little space out in the middle of nowhere when we retire, you know, quote unquote. And then we just decided why wait. And we also had some lifestyle things going on where I didn't resonate. I didn't see the values of suburbia, um, resonating with me i thought we maybe a little more simple like you know what kind of car do you drive or keep up with the joneses and all that stuff and and uh, i didn't want the boys to have to find their identity in their neighborhood and all that stuff so we just tried to simplify life which we discovered that rural america has a different degree of challenges but those are challenges we like a lot better so anyway so we moved out there and the next thing you know i didn't expect jake to fall in love with that lifestyle. Right. Yeah. But he did. But we exposed him to it. And mm. Does it, do you own land? Do you have animals? You've no. Got, okay. No. I mean, we live on 30 acres now and we have about eight, Jake's working about 18 or 20 horses at a time. So, yeah. It's a pretty entrepreneurial young man as well. He's, you know, he he's is. making, yeah, you know, doing that and, and making a little extra money. Yeah, the, he yeah. is. He's really got that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, which I do too. And so there's, there's a dark side to that, you know? And so learning risk, learning risk management is a big thing as an entrepreneur and he's not quite there yet, but no, he's doing really well with it. Well, you say you've got an entrepreneurial spirit. So tell yeah. me, what, what about that? What, tell me about that. I don't know. I think it's just the way I'm wired. I actually envy people that, you know, can be an engineer and accountant and kind of do the same thing and be content. But I'm, I'm kind of more of a builder mindset. Tracy always said that I do best, my wife, when I do best when I'm helping build a company, um, build the machine, 
because by the time it just needs oil and maintenance, I'm, I check out. You know, I'd rather build the engine than add oil. Well, you, you want you want to build the thing? Uh, I do. Is that have you done that in the past? Yeah, yeah, we have. I mean, that's actually what brought us to Oklahoma. a lot of times. Um, in Oklahoma, in '95, I had my first idea, a little startup fail. I didn't have a job, so we came down to Oklahoma for a football game, and that's kind of what the catalyst was, just to accept a job offer. And plus, it was really nice down here, less crowded and less expensive than Denver. Um, we went in and built a financial firm, and then that sold, and we built another financial firm. And then I, in like 2002, I was called into uh uh, an investor called me in to run a couple companies he bought and we built it and sold that. We actually won Oklahoma's city's fastest growing company a few years ago and we sold that. What was that company? It was at the time it was called track one technology. So, and what did they do or what did it do? We sold, um, data for background checks. So we, it was at the time when, um, background, like we do on the church, right? And so background check has to be done before you serve, pre-employment volunteer and so but we the technology part was we just aggregated all that data from across the country what the at the time was revolutionary that makes sense yeah no okay. absolutely <laughs> uh and you're you, you know you've got a startup you're working on now yeah tell me mm -hmm. about that uh it's really fun um it's been a slow roll um it's all about community impact for businesses. We learned one of our first customer was a retail store in Oklahoma city called plenty mercantile. And we were actually seeking a sponsorship or a gift from them. And they said, you have no idea how many requests for community sponsorship we get. And they said, we don't. So tell us about it. Went on to say that almost every day she receives an email phone call or drop in visit requesting a funds or a donation for a, a gift basket for a charity auction. And, there's a lot of pain points there. It's really rewarding for the businesses we serve to give back to their community, but it's also an administrative nightmare. So we built a tool that solved, that really simplifies the whole sponsorship process for companies and then drives awareness around their community impact. So, And what you're also... Uh, working on top of building this. Stuff. Yeah, I have a I have a, a day job and it's really good. I work for an energy company, a, a manufacturing company called Kim Ray. And they make valves for um, the oil field industry. We had uh, Jesse uh, Allen. He's in the oil industry as well, and uh, had him on a couple weeks ago. And it's there is an industry that's changing pretty rapidly. Yeah, dramatically. I mean, if not being disrupted, even right. Yeah. So, and I know uh, Kim Ray's as an organization is trying to diversify. You know, get I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly part of their vision statement. Yeah. What? What? Uh, you know, besides um, making, you know, besides entrepreneurship and, and and raising the kids, stuff like that. What? What? What do you like to do? What are your passions? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I'm actually at a stage of life where I need to figure out what I do besides raise kids and work. So. I like to exercise, you know, mostly for the mental well-being. So that that's a big thing. I just started playing guitar again, so that's been fun. Do you did you play guitar as a as a young man? Oh, just typical high school kid, right? <laughs> I mean, I want to be a rock star. No, I never had wanted to be a rock star, but yeah, I picked it up. I actually just love working outdoors. I mean, that's why you know, when we moved into rural 
Tracy calls the, the chainsaw my mistress, you know, because I'll just as soon go out and work in the field and cut stuff up and build fences and stuff. That's actually really rewarding to me. Yeah, being outdoors and yeah, is uh, Guthrie home for you and Tracy? Is this? I mean, you know, you get to the point where Jake is, um, you know, he's he's about to you know fly off yeah. and do his thing yeah. uh, you know just do you, do, you, do you is this is Guthrie home is this where you're gonna stay yeah yeah I believe so you know you never know what the Lord's gonna do but the the reality is is tracing that's a, a tough question for tracing no matter where we're at because we have what we call a gypsy gene you know just always wondering if we'll relocate you know back to Denver but the short answer is yes I mean we're learning how to just enjoy the day and be where we're at so yeah guthrie's home i mean we'll make decisions to it's the first time so that i've ever been a part of a community you know my kids grew up here they know everybody at least jake did jake grew up here he knows everybody great friends here and the thought of moving away is really not attractive so yeah yeah what they, they it is the community that keeps you here though that's i mean the people the you know that you like the small town I do. I do. I like, I like going into a store and knowing people, you know, I like having, I went to the gym this morning and had a pleasant conversation with a fellow I know and a young man I met a month ago. And it's just, it's enjoyable. Yeah. What are you grateful for? Oh man, Callie, I'm grateful, um, for my wife for sure. You know, went through some dark times and you know, we're married. It's amazing. Nobody in our family for multiple generations, at least back to our respective grandparents, have, have stayed married. So I'm grateful that I was saved. You know, I was on a path to destruction, and I'm grateful for that. I'm, of course, you know, grateful for my family. And it sounds cliche, but it's true. I'm a better man, not just because it's rewarding and fulfilling, but I'm a better man because of the family. I'm grateful for my church. I'm grateful for a lot of really good friends that helped us survive really challenging times um, that we met through our church. So I'm grateful to have a job, right? Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. That's this, what I mean. Yeah, at this point right now, it's, it's, you're grateful to be working. For yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. What are, you said, you know, you've been married 30 years. What are, you know, the challenges uh, of being married for that long and how do you navigate that? Well, the challenges, I mean, are just, myriad right i mean every stage of life has new challenges you try to figure out you get married and it's it's exciting and then you try to figure out how to relate to one another and expectations is such a learning process then you throw children into the mix and yeah you may disagree on how you want to raise children right everything from what time their bedtime is and do they have a curfew and how do you discipline a child and and so on so just getting on the same page learning how to be honest with your expectations you know, big challenge is creating it and is creating a trusting relationship where you can be honest about your feelings, right or wrong, without it escalating. Mm-hmm. So marriage is as much about self-discovery. I think it is about discovering your your spouse. You have you have to learn about yourself as much as you do learn about uh, I the, did. the person you're sleeping next to. I did. Yeah. And my wife helped me learn more about me, even when I didn't like it. <laughs> so... She, she she's gonna force you to learn about yourself. Yeah, so yeah. I I think there's challenges at every stage of marriage, and but that's probably the biggest thing is learning self awareness. Yeah, Learn, learning not to push buttons too. Probably I would imagine. 
Yeah, you know, learning how to simple as fight fair, right? I mean, Tracy likes to take a break when we have a disagreement or an outright argument, right? Give me some space. Let's circle back. And I'm like, no, nah, we're going to resolve it right now, which does nothing but escalate the situation. So in our relationship. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I'm, you know, grateful for both of you and, um, you know, getting to know you and getting to, you know, to, to be a part of, of that relationship, uh, even if it's just a small part. A final question, you know, if, somebody's on the fence about coming to, to North Church Guthrie or, or yourself. I mean, you said you were saved um, as, a, as a freshman in, in college, I think you said. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody who maybe didn't grow up in, in you know, going to church camps. And right. Doing all those things that you think about when you associate to growing up in the church. Um, somebody who's trying to find their faith. Uh, you know, what advice would you give them? And what advice would you give them to, to maybe check out North Church Guthrie? So as far as the faith, you know, it's an innate human desire. Everybody wants love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are universal traits. Nobody says, I don't want that. And we look for those things every place, right? And But the reality is, is those places, just give it time, but those are only found in Jesus. And so my encouragement is, is just to just observe... Um, and I think you'll see that at North Church. So for those of you looking to maybe visit our church, you'll find that. And uh, you're going to find people that are accepting and gracious and agreeable and welcoming. And, and it's an opportunity to do life at a different level with people. Um, you know, I mean, if in general, I think anymore, we have a culture that wants to be entertained, which is great. Um but at the heart, I think we all want relationship. And I think that's what North Church offers is relationship like ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. That's a good way to end. Mike, thank you for uh, coming on the show. That is Mike Zerden. He's our guest today on Sunday Stories from North Church Guthrie. Thanks, Corey. That will do it for this edition of Sunday Stories. We'd love for you to follow North Church on Facebook and Instagram. North Church experiences are live streamed on Facebook and YouTube, as well as available on our website. You can find that by going to north.church. Thank you for listening, and as always, love God, love people, and follow Jesus.